Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props with Thrive. You can eliminate countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. You get to choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup for NFL and PGA. It's only 5 out of 10 for PGA and 10 out of 20 for NFL. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. If you hit the most props, you rack up the most points and you win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL week one, which is right around the corner. The contest that I will be playing in is Thrive's featured 100K guaranteed contest. That's only $20 to enter and first place takes home 20K. But if you use promo code Andy, that is promo code Andy, made it very, very easy for you. When you sign up today, you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. So whatever you deposit will match you if you want to deposit 20 to enter the featured contest. An extra 20 will show up in your account because that is how we do things at Thrive Fantasy. It's very simple. They have golf. They have football. I plan on playing both. But basically, you get to pick your favorite over-unders on a golfer or a football player's fantasy points. You enter your lineup into a contest. Play against people like me, and if you choose correctly, you win. It's very easy and simple to play, and with promo code Andy, you are getting free money to play with. So once again, download the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or visit thrivefantasy.com. Make sure you type in Andy under the promo code when you sign up, and boom, double your money in your account from what you deposit. You're good to go, and you can play against me to win even more money. So thrivefantasy.com, Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store and use promo code Andy for a 100% instant match on your first deposit. Let's get to the show. Inside Golf Podcast, episode 52, Boston Capper of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Got that right this time. Totally botched it on the show, but... Capper's great. I was turned on to their podcast through our mutual friend Nagels. And as you all know, it's a bit of a strange week. So apologies that this is coming out on a Wednesday morning. But we did the best with everyone's schedule. Before we get to the BMW, let's talk about Rotoballer. Win big in 2021 with Rotoballer. I want to talk about Rotoballer's golf content real quick. So I actually changed this ad read due to recent circumstances. But the Rotoballer team was just all over Tony Fina. So I got to give a shout out to them. And I did not play him outright pre-tournament, but Spencer did. Spencer Aguiar gave him out at 60 to one. He broke down the case for him, but you had to have the premium membership to read his Vegas report. Not to mention his in-tournament plays with Crush, not to mention Joe's DraftKings picks or Josh's hole-by-hole breakdown or all the stuff that I will be doing behind the paywall as well. So head on over to rotoballer.com now is the best time to sign up sign up for the premium package and use promo code andy for the discount i would recommend doing that right now because they are running a huge discount on top of my discount so it's really cheap and you get it for a full year so all the fall swing and beyond and i will be doing content every single week for that Um, So I would highly recommend, and as will everyone else, so I would highly recommend joining the team now to take advantage of this deal. And once again, the promo code is Andy. I seriously cannot say enough about the team we have over there, and I think the work speaks for itself. So head on over to rotaballer.com and use promo code Andy. All right, I'm joined tonight by Chris Clifford, Boston Capper on Twitter, of the sports podcast gambling net sports gambling podcast that we we literally just talked about this and i still screwed it up but how's it going my friend it's good brother like you like we said offline right just kind of scrambling around today trying to digest as much information as possible the numbers the dfs prices what the course actually looks like is it 71 72 like what the hell's going on like yeah it's uh it's a good time today man it's good it's like uh, running around with the hair on fire Okay, just to, just so I got everything right, it's the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That's you correct. guys, you guys have a great podcast that I was that I was uh, I was turned on to through our mutual friend Nagels. I started listening yeah. uh, for the first time because you guys always have them on for the majors. Yep. So I started listening to the show 
when you guys had him on. I think it was for like the U.S. Open or something. Yeah. And haven't stopped since, man. I think Good, you guys man. do Thanks, great brother. work. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, me and Steve got a good dynamic. Uh, I'm much more of a gut handicapper. Sometimes I use uh, stats and, and models to uh, just confirm whatever bias my gut has um, or, or argue against it. And uh, Steve's like you, man, breaks down uh, the course just immaculately and just is always spot on with the really hardcore analysis. And I lean on guys like you and him to make my decisions, really. Yeah, Steve's, I mean, you're both, I, I, Steve's a smart guy too. He, oh, yeah. I, I, I like the dynamic that you guys have at play. But anyway, man, before we get into Caves Valley and the BMW Championship, any closing Northern Trust, Trust thoughts at all? I mean, look, I'm happy for Fino. I didn't have I didn't have him. I even listened to you talk about him on Sunday when I was driving back from the wedding. I didn't watch basically any golf Friday, Saturday, or Sunday because I was up in the mountains in North Carolina for a wedding. Um, so I was actually fine with the rain delay because I got to watch uh, I got to watch it on Monday. Uh, but yeah, I, listen, I had uh, I put a football bet on Rom. I had Smith. <laughs> I um, heard that. Yeah, God, man. Like, like, so it, I was like, so I, I listened to you say that. I was like, man, I already got Rom. I already got Smith. Like, this is where I start getting myself in trouble when I fire off too many live bets. I was like, I'm just gonna let it sit. And because uh, Steve fucking texted me about him too, and I was like, no, I'm just gonna sit. I'm just gonna sit. And I sat and I just ripped up my fucking tickets. But listen, I'm happy for Tony, man. I really am. Like, he, like everybody says, he's a great guy. Seems like a really genuine dude. And it's, it'll be it'll be nice to to stop the top five Tony jokes. And now we can uh, we can start coming up with some new material. Yeah, my thing with I was Tony was like I was super high on him pre tournament. Not I didn't bet him outright pre tournament, fourteen to one before the final round, but. I just thought it had gotten to the point where it's like it's it was more in the DraftKings context for me, but like he's eight point two now and like seven percent, and it's like, what are we? This guy's still better than Harris English and a lot yeah. of these other guys that are yeah. that are ahead of him. So I just thought it was a pretty good buy low spot for him, and I was a little surprised going into the final round that him and Justin Thomas were both at fourteen under, but Justin Thomas was seven to one and Finau was fourteen to one, but Finau was hitting the ball better, way better than JT. So I was kind of just surprised at that, which is kind of why that led me down that route that I think it was I think it's a pretty decent play despite his oh, history of, of not closing tournaments. But no, no, that's definitely a great number on a Sunday, especially with him hanging back like that. And that JT number is just like just like you know hanging a Patriots number in New England, like a sports yeah. book, right? Like you know you're gonna get action on it regardless, but yeah, like in a, in a conditions like that, that we're going to be sloppy and not perfect conditions. Like I'll take Tony all day over JT on that. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, all right, man, I'm ready to put that tournament in the past. All we're right, just, let's go. We're, we're just talking about how much it screwed up both of our weeks. So we're do, we're doing the best with what we have available, and it to make it even uh, to add insult to injury. This is a course that everyone seems to have a different opinion on. Yep. This is a course that we've never seen before in PGA Tour competition. Caves Valley Golf Club. It's a par 72 measuring 7,542 yards. I have that confirmed now. I didn't even have that confirmed by the time that I did my research podcast. So I'll kick it to you, Chris, and just ask you this question. I don't know how much you've been following Twitter today at all, but the big debate that everyone seems to want to talk about is how easy or difficult this course is going to play. Do you have any, t- what have you done so far in terms of Caves Valley? So I, I read Steve's article. I listened to your thing on Sunday and basically anything that looked, kind of looked interesting where I had like five or 10 minutes today, I clicked on. I'm in the camp where I think they're going to set this up difficult. I don't think they want a, I don't think they want a 20. I don't think they want a 20 under birdie fest. Um, Me neither. I, th- I think they want it like last year. Um, and you look at how they set up Quails Hollow this year with Rory one. Like that was not a birdie fest, you know, the, even Congaree, like Congaree was fucking tough with all those, with, with how it right. played. Everyone thought that was going to be super easy too. Yeah. Uh, that was th- that course. I, 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 that needs to be in rotation. Like I want to see that. It's again. awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. I loved it. Cause I like courses like that. I don't like the fucking Punta Canas and all the, the yeah. 25 unders, like whatever, man. Like I like I to see guys too. struggle and grind and I want like the best golfer to go out and win and have to win it. Like, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm hoping they set it up more difficult. And I think, I hope it plays more like quail hollow than shadow, right? Cause shadow Creek was a fucking birdie fest and, and quail hollow was not, um, it's same, same course design. What's crazy is the fact that Coke rack won shadow Creek. And there's like, so I was thinking about this. There must not be a shit ton of sand, even though it's a Fazio course at shadow Creek. Cause Coke rack is terrible out of the sand. Terrible. 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 I don't know how he navigated that. I'm trying to remember. I think that was when I was still 
slightly more focused on football than golf. Yep. I will always remember that Xander finished second, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would, that's a good, I mean, you bring up a good point with the fairway bunkers and the greenside bunkers. Cause that was like the first thing that stood out to me when I was going through all the hole by hole stuff. I was like, that's why I didn't think it was going to be that easy. Cause I was like, this course is just littered with trouble yeah. everywhere. And then the, I, the more information that I got since I did my Sunday show is that now we know that the fairways are 25 yards wide on average. That's really yeah. narrow. Like just for context, like TPC Southwind, that has pretty narrow fairways. Those are 29 on average. Wingfoot has the narrowest fairways we've seen like in a year. Those are 21. So this is somewhere in between now Southwind and Wingfoot. And just for context, like Old White, TPC, Muirfield Village, TPC Twinsies, those guys are all like 35 and above. So I that was kind of the thing that stood out to me the most based on like how I've pivoted from what I knew on Sunday to what I know now. It's like, I'm just shocked how how narrow these fairways are. Yeah, I wish I knew that this morning because like, I think everybody woke up this morning like, what, fucking 645, I'm getting my kids up for school and I'm like on the back porch having my coffee, refreshing all my books, trying to see what where the numbers are at. And and everybody jumped on Bryson super early, right? Yeah, because we'll, we'll what, get what was for the sure. initial the initial yeah. word was wide fairways, fucking super easy. Like, yeah. like all right, that fits Bryson. And now it's like, does it now? Like, I don't know. Is it gonna be is it gonna be wing foot with a rough? He's just gonna be able to muscle it out of it. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, we we can get to Bryson a little bit later, but uh, the scrambling this morning with like still almost no information and confirmation of how the course was going to play, and I just blind bet. I think I blind bet four guys already. So yeah, and and I I think like if like that was my whole thing. It's like if you look at the specs of the course on paper, seventy five hundred yards with pretty small and undulating greens, some of the smallest fairways on tour, a ton of bunkers, above average rough in terms of thickness they made all these changes themselves. Like no one asked them to do that. That's not the type of thing that you do if you want a course to play easy, but everyone says it's going to play super easy. So I mean, maybe it put, maybe it does. I'm just looking at all the information I have and all the pictures and how it compares to other courses. And on paper from just like a pure court, pure course spec standpoint, this course is actually way more winged foot, Olympia Fields, Bay Hill, Quail Hollow than it is like Detroit Golf Club or TPC Deer Run or whatever. But I don't know, man. I mean, I talked to Patrick McDonald who was there all day and he was like, yeah, maybe 20 under is a little ambitious, but I still think that like 16 is maybe that magic number. So after after a certain point, we're just kind of speculating and yeah. argument arguing for the sake of argument. Does it change like how you're handicapping this tournament that much? Whether you think the winning score is twenty two under or fourteen under? So some guys, right? So I wanted to play harder because I like I like Louis this week a lot because yeah. I like him. I like him on these grind courses. I don't like him at the twenty unders. And look, and it's funny, like I've, I've been a Louis guy for a long time and I was actually off him a bunch this year. Well, you I and Brian I, are going to get along great. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I, what was funny is I just, I got burned by him a couple of times, like over the past two years. And I was like, you know what? I got to, I have too many of these fucking guys, right? I have too many of these guys who I like just constantly lose me money and I need to quit some of them. So I gave Louis a break and he fucking goes on the run, whatever. I was able to get back on him for some top fives and top tens, but I mean, on a, on a hard course, I like it, but I don't like him shooting 20 under. And listen, if Tony sure. Finau, if Tony Finau can win like the next week for Louis to win on U.S. soil in the FedEx Cup playoffs, I mean, it's perfect. It's a perfect narrative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I think there are a lot of, I was kind of thinking the same thing. It's like, we go answer right into Finau. Who's <laughs> next? Like, I feel like the best candidates are like Louis and I don't know, maybe she- I feel like Scheffler needs a win really badly. He does. One it's so crazy. Guys. He hasn't won yet. Like you think about Scheffler and you're like, oh, you know, he's won. And you're like, well, no, wait, he hasn't though. He hasn't actually won. Like he always has a bad, it's not even a day. He has a bad hole. He has a bad hole on a Sunday or a Saturday. He throws up a snowman like I do on the fucking weekend and it's a wrap. He did completely. And I'm, I've been like, captaining the ship of him being on the Ryder Cup. Oh, I'm with um, that. So I think he needs one more big kind of message to Steve Stricker, whether it's a top 10 or a top five or, or ideally a win, obviously. But I think he needs, because I think you got to, we don't, we're not going to do a whole Ryder Cup thing, but I think you got to, <laughs> I think Tony's kind of on now. Oh, he's definitely on now. It, yeah, I, I think he... I thought he should have been on before. I think all he Me needed too. to do was show a pulse in the playoffs and yeah. that was worth it based on how good he's been at whistling straights. But right, exactly. yeah, I think chef, I think Scheffler's got to kind of outplay a Harris Inglis or a Jason Kokrak or a Webb <laughs> down the stretch. 
Yeah, I don't want. So I know you said we're not going to do the Ryder Cup thing, but I don't want. Okay. There's no rules. Okay, good. So because I don't want Webb on this fucking team. Not I don't want either. Webb on it at all. And, and listen, I'm, I'm a big Coke rack guy. I actually had a ticket on him when he won Shadow Creek, uh, but he is not playing the same way. Um, no. I, I know he's long and he can pot, but we got plenty of those guys. Like we have plenty of those guys on this team. We need a mix. Like give me some young blood. Give me Scotty. Like we got to train these guys moving forward. And he's a long enough, good enough player. Where why wouldn't we have Scotty instead of fucking Dust Webb and Eh, Kokrak, who might be just out partying too much. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that, yeah, I think a lot is, I, to be honest with you, I don't even, I don't think they have their minds made up. I think it's so tight between a lot of these guys and think you're right. what really happens these next two weeks is going to be pretty impactful. So let's get into the odds, man. Ready? I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys these, I'm using DraftKings right now. So I'm using, um, so I'll so, give you, I'll give you all the guys that are 25 and below this, uh, these may have moved as the afternoon has gone on, but we've got John Rahm at 500 plus 500, Xander at 14 to one on DraftKings. I know that will trigger a lot of people. Jordan at 16, Colin Morikawa at 18, Justin Thomas at 20, DJ at 22, Louie at 22, Brooks at 25. Bryson opened at 35 and now he's down to 25. So we can talk about Bryson in this category as well. Yeah. Chris, is there anyone in that uh, kind of tier that you're probably going to? So I, I'm on Bryson because I snapped at him this morning just because yeah. of the number. And I still have a better number on Xander. Um, dude, I mean, Ramit. Uh, so I got him at 650. I got him at five at my local. Like it's, it's just such a stupid bet. Like it's, it's so I dumb. Agree. Like take him in matchups. Like it's just not the juice ain't worth the squeeze on that. Like I even like I hit him at ten to one on the U.S. Open, uh, and I bet him what eleven to one or ten to one this past weekend. But you have to put such a sizable bet down where it's like, uh, dude, what? I mean, I, it's a short field or whatever. That number's way too goddamn short. I'm a little worried about just kind of ignoring JT after the flat stick came back last week. But I have I have no faith in Morikawa with the pinch nerve. Thanks for the golf journalist for letting anybody know that he <laughs> yeah. had a, like, like we talk about it all the time on our podcast. Like, can we get an Adam Schefter or golf? Can I get some sort of fucking injury update, please? Keith Legion is like trying to do that. Yeah, <laughs> but know. we don't have one. I know it's a fucking nightmare. Like there's nothing worse than that. Like, Oh, well, uh, little did you know, uh, you're the guy you bet on changed his putter last night at 10 o'clock. Oh, great. Thanks. Thanks for that. Like fucking Christ. But yeah, I don't think, uh, I know big guys win this tournament, but I feel like there's good guys down in, in some of the lower numbers. I don't have faith in Cantlay. I don't trust Smith coming coming off of, of a near miss. DJ, Jesus. I know. I think you were on him last week too, right? It was, unfortunately. Oh, my God. Me too, man. Like, I, And and I think I think her, what you said, which made 100% sense to me, is that uh, I think he can flip a switch, right? I, I think the same thing about him. And yeah. I just don't think he does anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was um, that, that was the whole thing with me too. Yeah. yeah. He does. He, he he had this, there was this thing where I just kept waiting and waiting and yep. waiting and waiting for him to turn it on. And he just hasn't been able to do that yet. And I'm surprised, like you would think based on recent form, he would be the guy that would drift into the high twenties maybe, but yep. they're just, they're just not doing that right now with him. So I, I don't have any interest in him either. Uh, what do you think about speed? 25 to one is not too bad for a guy with decent course history. Fazio courses, you know, whatever he's, is is around the greens. Great. His putting's great. Like he's much better off the tee, obviously over the last 12 months. I just don't, I don't really know what to do with him at that number. Yeah. I'm looking at the 16 on DraftKings, which is definitely a no for me, but at 25, that kind of has my interest a little bit more. I think Spieth's fine this week. I, I looked at him. I think that the Sunday 79 <clears throat> juked his stats a little bit. Oh, yeah. uh, so they're going to look a lot worse today than they would have had he, you know, not shot that round. And he was kind of by the end of that round, it was just totally leaking oil. The reason why I probably a no with Spieth is I love Brooks this week. Okay. I really right. do. You want to hear the case? Yeah, let's go. Give it to me. So I, I've gotten a little pushback on Brooks so far with some of the guys that I, I talk golf with. And I was really close to, to betting him last week. I, I ended up, as we mentioned, going with DJ at the 11th hour, but both were ultimately the wrong decision. But man, I was there on the grounds on Friday and all I kept hearing during Xander 62 was, here comes Brooks. Look at Brooks. He's shooting a 64 and has and has missed 10 putts inside five feet. Oh, and so he was awesome. He gained a ton on approach. He gained a ton off the tee. And then he had a shitty weekend. Yeah. 
and especially Shooty Sunday. And I think the thing with Brooks is, I don't think he's interested in grinding out a T7. And I think his Saturdays, I think his Saturday got off the rails pretty quickly. He was like plus three through three at the same time that everyone was going super low. And I think he probably looked up at the scoreboard and Jenna in that incredibly tight dress. And it's like, it's like, I don't, he's just, he's not that guy. And you see it with him all the time where, you know, I I understand that's not an excuse for him not to fight back a little bit, but he didn't have a chance. He was six strokes back. He was 12 strokes back on Saturday, six strokes back entering the final round. And sure, maybe if he birdied the first couple of holes, but you know, he got off a too slow start on Sunday. And my point is this happens all the time with Brooks and it jukes his stats, which by the way, are still pretty good. And I think people get the wrong perception of him. Like, like I said, I don't understand why DJ is getting more respect right now in the betting market than Brooks. This is a guy, there's a perfect course for Brooks. Him and Bryson, they're the only two guys in this field. They're top 10 in strokes gain off the tee, driving distance, and par five scoring. Only two guys, Brooks and Bryson. And at a very elementary level, I think those three things are going to be really fucking important. So I don't think Spieth should have lower odds than Brooks on this course. I don't think Louis should have shorter odds than Brooks on this course. I, I, as much as I love Xander, I don't think Xander should have lower odds than Brooks on this course. I don't think an injured Morikawa should have lower odds on Brooks in this course. So I found Brooks at 28 to 1, and I bet it. Okay, so I still got him at 25 to 1. What's, it's funny. So you have the same line of thinking I do as far as Brooks did because I said the same thing to Steve. I was like, hey, listen, man, he just didn't give a fuck on yeah, Sunday. I like, he's just, you can see it. You can tell when he gives a shit and when he does not give a shit. And the fact that he lost like almost what, two strokes putting or maybe even over two yeah. strokes putting this weekend, that's not Brooks. You know what I mean? Like, no. and you're right. This course is designed for him. So it's funny. I have, I have Brooks with a question mark next to it. Like, Larry, let me see. Let me see what, let, let's see what Andy and, and, uh, and everybody else thinks tonight. Uh, and I say same thing, same thing for, uh, for JT for me. It's like, should I just ignore him? Is that flat stick? That flat stick's been bad for a year. I don't feel like I can pull the trigger after one fucking good performance. I just can't. It's it's tight. I think you could make a case for like a lot of these guys. Like if we're gonna do the Fazio thing, JT's been incredible. So good. Incredible on Fazio courses. Rory has been unbelievable on Fazio courses. He's now you can get him at like 20 to 1. What are your thoughts on Rory? Because I was all in I you were. last week. I was <laughs> I all you, in. And then you, you tweeted me something about it like when I said like somebody talked me out of this football bet. You were like Rory's in the Rory's, field. Rory's <laughs> yeah, Rory's in the field. Rory's yeah. gonna win. Yeah, he gains uh he has a 10 stroke difference between tournaments and, and his irons, which you could have given me a million outcomes. I would have never guessed that Roy would have gone from plus six to minus four on approach, but yeah. could you go back there? I mean, it's a pretty good number. It is a good number. Right. And so I got a, I got an issue, a personal issue with Rory. I don't know if you've ever heard me rant about him or not. It's a, it's I, a, I know you're not a fan. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the extent of it, but I know you're not a big Rory guy. But he so he kind of redeemed himself a little bit with me, and it's it's the it's, it's so like I'm like I'm, I'm like 97% Irish, right? And like and, and I'm Irish Catholic, right? And so like him not supporting the Irish flag type thing, like kind of irritated me. It's all the shit my my father and my uncle and my grandfather all downloaded into me. How about, so, how about the 180 he did at the Olympics? And that's the thing. And I was like, all right, like fine, I'll, I'll give you a pass. And you're right, the numbers there. And I said the same thing last week. I said I really liked what was happening. Like he was hitting his iron so good. I just couldn't pull the trigger because typically, I'll make one, maybe two bets under twenty five to one. You know yeah, what I mean? Me and, and so it's like you really get to start, you know, splitting hands with these guys. Uh, and I feel like this week's a little easier because I'm not taking Rom, not taking. Like we already went through, right? So I'm a. <laughs> Oh, man, like I guess I guess. so, but the fact that you like Brooks too, and I kind of like Brooks, and he didn't give a fuck on Sunday, and I feel like we're getting a discount. Um, I think I'd go with Brooks over Rory. Okay, let's have the Bryson conversation real quick because. Okay. okay, so I like pretty much any other person I talk golf with. I bet the Bryson thirty-five before yep. I even got out of bed this morning. Right, I know, exactly. I know, did I know that you do too? Look, yep. that was a stupid number, and obviously yep. it's gone. And yeah, everyone's going to be on him and he probably won't win. But on this course, that was a fucking mistake. You can't yeah, tell absolutely. me that number was a fucking mistake. Yo, and somebody I, was asleep. That's what I'm saying. And I would have had a, I would have had interest in him too at 25 to one. He was the guy I wrote up in my article. He was the guy that kind of made the most sense as soon as I started my research. Two reasons. And this harkens back to kind of a little bit what we were talking about at the top with the narrow fairways. I love that for him. I think the formula that he used at Bay Hill 
to a certain extent and winged foot certainly and Torrey Pines as well to a certain extent before he kind of melted down on the final few holes. Yeah. Yeah. I have not seen anything this week that leads me to believe that he can't do the exact same thing here. And if no one's hitting these fairways and he can carry all the trouble, then I think that puts him in a huge advantage. The other reason is he's just hitting the ball unbelievably well right now. Like this is the best that he's hit the ball all season. Obviously the off the tee is there. He's gained over three strokes on approach and back-to-back starts. The short game and putting has been terrible. And I think that you can survive with a mediocre short game here. Maybe not as much if we think this course is going to be a little bit harder if we're kind of of that belief system. But I think we're going to see some positive regression with the Potter man. Oh, yeah. And and everyone wants to talk about Bryson's distance. But like, if I was listening to that interview with uh, Bryson's caddy. Did you listen to that? Yeah, yeah. He was like, and I know he's biased, but he was like, Bryson's the best putter in the world. Like, he's... Really fucking good. If he's not the best, he's fucking close. Like he is, he's really fucking good. Yeah, and he and his caddy is like he puts just as much time into his putting as he does into uh, the distance thing, and like that, the numbers back it up too. He's really oh, yeah. good, and and he putted like shit last week. Yep. He lost two point eight, and he's lost over two strokes putting just four times in the last calendar year. Next start, he's gained an average of 4.1. So I think he's going to, I think he's going to bounce back with the putter and who knows, maybe DraftKings will pay for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm fine with the number. I got him at, at, at 20 to one. Maybe I'll see how he is uh, coming out on Thursday. Like if, if whoever's listening hasn't bet yet, like maybe I'll, maybe I'll see how he comes out. And, and that's a strategy I've actually been taking a lot more over the past couple of weeks. Because I'm a complete degenerate, like I just am, mm-hmm. like that's just the way I am, and 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 so like uh, you know, uh, I do the ma- I do the math right. I make sure I'm not like I don't have too many where like all right, well if one hits, I still lose money. How the fuck? And part? then everything goes right. to shit. Yeah, 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 exactly right. <laughs> so all right, so now I'm trying to limit myself to like four to six outrights pre tourney, and I'm trying to even lean it down to four unless I really got a feeling on somebody or it's a stupid fucking number, right? I don't even count that one. If I catch somebody with a stupid number, I'm like that doesn't even count. That's just a number bet. Uh, and so I've been trying to like all right, so who's gonna get off to a fast stop? We're going to catch a book sleeping, you know, it's even on a Sunday, you can catch books sleeping, man. Like, like this guy's, you know, two shots back. He's got two pie fives coming up and he is on fire and the leader is leaking oil. Fuck it. Yeah. Let's go. You yeah. know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. Um, so I, okay. All right. So you're on, you're on Bryson too. And I think both of us would endorse him kind of down to 25 to one. Do you yeah. want to do your quick? Cause you mentioned Xander and Louie. Do you want to do your quick Louis or Xander thing? Because those weren't guys that I com- just jumped off to me, like jumped off the page to me. N- not so because I wasn't interested in, but yeah. more so just so heavy on uh, Brooks and Bryson for me. What are you? What are you kind of feeling with Louis and Xander this week that drew you to them? So with Louis, it's just I mean the guy is just so fucking. He's just so money this year. Like he, it's yeah. in. He's so money and he's doing it like when he first started doing it, we're like, man, it's weird that he's doing it with his putter, uh, but he's just kept it up. And that's something I feel like he's put a lot of time into. And that man needed a week or two off, man. I mean, he, the guy played fucking TPC Twin City, like which he normally doesn't play. He played so many rounds of golf. And this is a guy we used to be scared of that we'd wake up at and it would be 635 in the morning. We'd see a WD after the after the lineups locked. You know what I mean? Like yeah. with, a, with, a, with a sketchy back. Really? I mean, it's narrative street, right? I mean, Finau won this past week. Why can't Louie win this week? The guy has been so fucking close. And it's funny, like, if you watch his interviews and how he how he's handling people, at first he was still smiling and like, okay, always a bridesmaid, ha, ha, ha. And he seems to be more and more fucking irritated by it, by the week that he's not actually winning. So, I mean, look, in a field like this, I, that's why if I think the course is going to play hard, then I think Louie is a great guy for that, right? He's a guy who's grinding out the pause. His swing looks like a robotic swing that tests irons. Like, it just does. Like, it's the same swing every time until late, maybe on Sunday, and then he duck hooks one. Um, but, you know, other than that, dude, I, I mean, so it's funny. I bet him at 28 to 1 this morning because I was afraid it was going to move because that's always what I think. Well, I'm on it. Everybody's going to be on it. And it actually went the other way. It went to 33. So I threw half the – I threw another half a unit on, on it at 33 to 1. 33. Yeah, I like so it. I, I like it. Yeah. So you doubled down a little bit. Yeah, okay. doubled down a little bit. And then as far as Xander goes, it's just uh, like you said, dude. I mean, what he shot 62. He just yeah. won a gold medal. He's great on bent greens. He came in second in Shadow Creek, somehow lost to Jason Gokrak. Like it's it, yeah, like one I, I like one, one uh Kasuma Gaseki too is another Fazio. Yeah, yeah. It just won a gold medal on yeah. a, the same type of course. Like, hey man, I mean it, 
And so my biggest beef with Xander all the time was where he was always priced at. I was like, how is he ahead yeah. of this guy? He hasn't won. That was always my biggest value with him. And fucking Jeff used to get so irritated with me about it. And it's like, listen, I don't not like Xander. I just don't like the price. Like, I just, I don't, I don't think is his value there. Like whatever. Like, uh, so I'm fine with him at, at, you know, 20 to, yeah, I, I can see him at 22 to one on one spot. So I'm fine with him there too. But like, listen, like I said, 225 to one, I think I'm going to join you on Brooks. I think we're going to join you on Brooks and whatever. I got Bryson uh, past that. So really I got, I got room for a little more. Here's, here maybe. here's the thing with Brooks. It's not like a, people aren't into it this week is like the vibe that I'm just getting. Yeah. And I love it. Like I, I don't know, man. I don't think that he like Brooks had one like kind of weak ass win in Phoenix this year. Like yeah. I don't like, He's not content with that shit. And no. he, there, it's just 250 days until the Masters. Like, do we really think he's just going to go quietly into the night? Like, I don't know, man. I think people, I was looking at the early ownership stuff, and I know it's going to change a ton, but oh, yeah. Brooks was the guy that was like 5%. I, was I like, know. I, I saw like, that. I, I saw like, that really? too. I saw that too. I, and you know what's funny? Was, I had Spieth too. Spieth was down to like, Whatever seven, I know whatever. Like, where, like I'm sure you use the same side I use, right? Like everybody yeah. uses the same goddamn one. And so it was like, I was like, man, like, are they really factoring in his bad Sunday that bad? Like, even if even if I don't like him, bet him outright. I'm like, man, if I can, if you can get leverage on the field with Brooks and fucking Spieth at under seven eight percent, like, do I'm up every week for that. Every week I'll take that. For and before we jump into the next year, I'll just our my buddy John, who's who's PGH out town on Twitter, he talks about the term Kisnering. We ju- we literally just saw it. So oh, I'll yeah. give him the shout out on that one where he was like, Kisner shoots a 79 on Memphis. It completely jukes his stats to the point where you look at his stats at the end of the week and it's like minus six strokes on approach. And, you know, he's 60 or 50 to one or whatever, instead of maybe he would be 30 to one at the wind of championship. Because, yeah. I mean, it changes so... It, like Spieth, just for context, Spieth, I ran a model before the tournament ended and Spieth was like seventh. He dropped to like 25th after that, <laughs> after that, after that one Sunday round. So it's like, so it's like the recency bias and prisoner of the moment kind of thinking that will lead us to like, these guys suck if they had a bad round. I mean, you, you play golf. I play golf. Yep. If it gets off the rails quickly, like it's, it gets yeah, off, the off the rails and it is what, what it is. Yeah. It's, that's it. Rest of the round is just more beers and fuck it. Like whatever. I'll shoot. I'll shoot. I'll shoot today. I'll enjoy being out with my boys. Right. Exactly. You know, you know exactly. I mean? So yeah. I think, I think just like in a, in a betting market, I like Brooks in the DFS context as well with speed too. I think yeah. like you, there might be a, uh, an ability to capitalize on some recency buys from their Sunday rounds. Let's get into some of these guys like closer into the 30s and yep. the 40s. We got Scheffler and Finau and Paul Casey and Cantlay and Harris English and Answer and Berger, uh, Hovland, Webb Simpson, Shane Lowry, Corey Connors, Hideki. Any of those guys in that kind of 25 to 50 range that have your attention? Yeah, so I was going to ask you about Decky. Okay. Because I have a hard time getting a read on that dude. And it's because... It's just like everybody else when he first came up. He was like the, the the stat god, right? So everybody had him in DFS. He'd never come through. And it, it took me years to finally quit him. And then he wins the fucking Masters. Um, but, I mean, so I have a bet already on Burns. I have no statistical backup for this whatsoever. Not zero. <laughs> not a, like, like, other than the fact that I, when I watch him golf, he's turning into like a killer type. Like, he, I really believe he is. He's long off the tee. He seems focused. His stupid mustache aside, like it, it, I like watching the kid play, and I think he can win in a field like this, and hard or an easy course. Like he's a guy who I think can grind out a win or win a birdie fest. I mean, I didn't really find anything as far as like stats to back it up with. His with stats Fazio are good. Courses. His stats yeah, but, are good. Yeah. Oh, they lately, but as far as like Fazio courses or anything like that, mm-hmm. on the like, yeah, fine, whatever it is. But like, I feel like he's a different golfer now too. Like he's 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 gonna be he's gonna be talked to. He's he's a he's a young gun too, man. How old is that kid? Like twenty three, if that. Yeah, something like that. Twenty twenty three, yeah, twenty. He's a young dude, man, and like he's coming into his own, and he really should have won twice this past year. Or did he win twice? No, he only won once. He, he won once, but he uh, he he was. I think at the I Genesis, know, I right? Yeah, I don't remember the stat. I think he's been in more like final pairings than any yeah. other player this year. Yeah, like that's a, that's a dude who I think could break through at a course like this. I'm completely off a of web. I, and answer, answer. I don't 
know. I, he's not going to win again. But dude, I mean, wait, he came in fucking second at Quail, like yeah. at, at fifty to one. I got. I think I. What did I get? Think the top. What did I. I don't know. I got to find it in my chicken scratches. I got to get on top 10 at like, I don't know, like plus 220 or something like that. And I was like, I'll, I'll take that all day. Like, give me a top 10 on answer. Like, that's a guy who shows up at courses, doesn't matter, long, short, whatever. Just came off his first win. Good course history as far as like correlating courses. I love answer at a top 10. Not an outright, though. Um, the, the only one, the, I mean, so I got Louis obviously at 33, and then I got Burns at 50. Other than that, I left everybody else alone. Okay. Interesting. So you got Burns at 50. The guy that I was, so there's, there's two guys in this, one guy that I bet already. So I actually, I actually went with Paul Casey here and okay. I, I got Paul Casey at 40 to one. I think he's underpriced in DraftKings, in my opinion. Again, he gained, maybe I'm getting a little too ambitious with this, like just take awesome ball strikers coming off bad putting weeks, but yeah. the dude gained 8.7 strokes ball striking last week and lost 10.1 strokes short game in putting. He yeah. has been so pure for such a long time now. And I bet him at every major. It's the only time I've, I bet him four times this year was at every major. But like I said, I, I think par five length off the tee and kind of mid to long iron play is, is really the name of the game here. And the only guys that are top 20 and all those things, it's Casey, Rom, Kokrak, and interestingly enough, Charlie Hoffman. Um, Casey's, Casey's up there with them, huh? Casey's up there. Casey's long off the tee too. Like that's the thing. And I saw it in person too. He's, he's long off the tee and, and, I don't, I don't know what it is about him, but he obviously he's not like an imposing dude. He's got those big forearms, but yeah, yeah dude, Casey gets it out there and he's unbelievable on Fazio courses. He went 12th, 5th, and 4th at Quail Hollow. Obviously, he contended for a medal at the Olympics. I just think he's a downright stud and I think he's going to love this place and I think he could win. It's just you're, you're preying on the putter, but the putter. Like, the I don't harder so hard when you have money on Casey, bro. You know, you said it's a four foot putt, and you are not like he's definitely gonna make this. You're like, fuck, he better make this four foot putt, and you're just yeah. sweating. Like, he is a very uncomfortable person to bat. Let's I, feel, I feel like that's baked into the number though, because like, oh, yeah, he's because he's like the second best iron player in the world now at this point over a large sample size. So you're right. And it like it 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 is what it is with the dude. And but he did just gain seven. It's so weird with him. He gained seven strokes putting a week ago in Memphis. <laughs> so he paired his best putting week with his worst ball striking week. And then he has an unbelievable ball strike and he compares it with the terrible putting week. Yeah, so maybe it all evens up this away. week. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe, maybe maybe it evens out, right? Water finds its level. So well, I, I don't I don't hate it. I wouldn't I'm I'm not gonna bet it. But I mean with those stats that you gave me, though, like I wonder what his, I'll have to look at what his top ten number is because the top twenty market this week is kind of weak. But it's kind of soft, yeah, yeah, kind of soft. So the guys, know. the guys that I want to bring up that I'm kind of interested in your opinion. What do you think about Hovland here? So to be fair, he just broke a club, and that always makes me happy, and always that always boosts a golfer uh, in my in my brain. Sure. Uh, so I love it. he, man, like he. So I was all over him this year, a bunch. And it's like, cause it's like, I don't want to miss it because he's going to win. Like he's yeah. going to win. Like, like at Congaree, he did great. Like I still remember that fucking, the three wood chip out of the bushes. It was on uh whatever that last path five is. I don't know what the fuck a hole is, but, but he's like in the brush, takes the three wood out and like basically puts it out of there. And I'm like, all right. And his short game has really improved. Kid hits it a mile. Great fucking great ball striker. He's somebody who I will watch to see how he gets off to a stat. Uh, I have him as first round leader. Um, okay. I just worry about four days with him with I feel like I feel like he hasn't put four great rounds or even good rounds together recently. Like, I don't know. No, he has it. You're right. He struggled. He struggled to put four good rounds together. I think he's I, the ball striking's there. It hasn't yeah. left like uh, it was there at Liberty National. I actually got a little better at Liberty National. The reason he hasn't done anything is because the short game and putting's been shit. But you know, I like he also won on the European tour like a month and a half ago, and it might as well yeah. just not have happened because it's not going to show up in <laughs> yeah, fantasy national. But he's the guy I'm. I keep kind of going back on fourth him because I think it is a perfect course for Hovland. And Feinberg was telling me he could get a forty on him for me. So a forty. Yeah, I know. And how stupid is this, by the way? Like seven fucking points makes a difference. Like, <laughs> no, like it does. Not. Like I yell at myself about that shit all the time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, way to go, asshole! Like you didn't take it because fucking it was three points worse than you. Your stupid brain didn't want to take. Like that's that's the other thing. It's no, it's only a bad number if it fucking loses. I don't give a shit what number it is. If it hits, you're good. 
like I don't know, whatever. If like, if if Hovland and and Finau hit him back to back weeks, oh my I think God. my buddy Jeff will just go into cardiac arrest. Oh my God, arrest. he will. Because hey, because what? Uh, five. So here's the deal, too. Here's what I've been doing over the last month. So I listened to your preview show, and I'll go back. What I've been doing is I've been going back and listening to whatever I listen to, like yours. I'll go listen to um the the betting show from Feinberg and uh and Mayo. Yeah. And so I will typically only listen to them pre pre-tournament, but if I miss it, I'll go back. I listen to them on Fridays to see what their process was and to see what my process was and to see if I missed anything. Right. Because I just I was getting so polluted with so much fucking information. I was just like overloaded. It's hard, man. Yeah. I, I completely just, relate to what you're saying. You right just now. get overloaded. And Feinberg, what does he bet all the time? He does the uh, Hovland by three. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah Hovland the, by three strokes. Like, yeah. I love the, that the, exo- the exotic. The exotic. I yeah. fucking love it, dude. I love that bet. Yeah. He, he will absolutely. And then, Jesus, can you imagine? Then then he's going to put all his money that the Chargers are going to win the fucking <laughs> all the Super Bowl because he's going to be like, there's no way it's not my year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, I think Hoblet, he's he's interesting. I think we kind of talked about the number. It's kind of number dependent a little bit with me yeah. once you get into all these guys that are in the 30s and 40s. But the only moves that I've actually made is, is Bryson and Brooks are my two okay. bets. And once we kind of get in a little bit, I'm probably going to add somebody in here, but once we get into like some of these guys, uh, you mentioned Burns and the, what did you say? 60 on Burns? No, nah, I got a 50 on Burns. Okay. So you mentioned Burns at 50. What about some of these guys? Once you get into the sixties, like, like a Neiman at 60 or a Sungjae or a Russell Henley or a Keegan or a Kokrak <laughs> or any, any of these guys getting up to the hundred to one mark. So I like Sanjay. I feel like everybody's forgotten about Sanjay and he's actually been playing pretty well lately. Yeah, he has been. And so I could get him at a 66 to one. I have a question mark next to him as well. I got four guys with question marks. Okay. We can run through all of them. Yeah. yeah. So I think we've already hit three of them. (laughs) Sanjay Sanjay's the third and 66 for, for me is like really tempting. The only problem is, is like, so Steve calls him the knucklehead because he always does something that's like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, yeah. what are you thinking? And, but man, like he plays well on Ben. I actually, I think I like him better on Bermuda or is it vice versa? Yeah. Bermuda is like the one that everyone loves him on, but I yeah. think you can get like a pretty nice discount on him sometimes when he's not on Bermuda. Yeah. 66. Like, I mean, he's got just as good a shot as fucking Burns to win this goddamn thing. And you're getting, you're getting 16 more. Like, yeah, I, I don't hate Sanjay at 66. And and Keegan's my fucking boy, man. Like that's the guy I beat the drum for. Like I was like New yeah, England cat. Yeah, man. He's dude, a hundred to fucking one. A hundred to one on my book. I'd snap at that. I was like, get fucking give it to me. Dude, mid to long irons, right? Yeah. We're thinking we're thinking that's like even if it plays easy, the length of the course, we're gonna have mid to long irons in. Um, fucking accurate as shit with those, fine off the fucking box, can't putt worth a fucking lick, but that's even improved this year. Like you could do a hell of a lot worse at a hundred to one. I could throw 20 bucks on that. You know, I mean, don't go nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still Keegan, yeah. but man, when I had him outright, uh, when he came in second at whatever the, the, Oh fuck, he lost the burns. Didn't he? Didn't he lose the burns that week? Yeah. Valspar. Yeah. Valspar. Yeah. That was great. I had him outright. I had him first round leader though. So that's softened the blow, but yeah, I mean, that's a guy. He's a, I love the way I just, I like the way he plays. Uh, I really just wish he could get over whatever that mental hump is for him with the fucking putty just stay in there stop stepping out like i feel like that fucks with him like just stop shimmying in and out man just get up hit the ball and move on yeah i bet keegan last week at 140 to one so he he's he's gone down a little bit but i mean he was relevant uh last week on the back nine like i i had that 140 to one ticket and there was there was a moment there. He was he was within two for a little bit, and he was within three for pretty much like the entire holes, like seven through eight, and yep. or seven through like thirteen. And then they the one time they showed him on the podcast, <laughs> it was it was him missing a five foot putt, and I was know. like, okay, was so that's bad. the end of Keegan. Yeah, yeah it was the one Keegan. time they showed him, and that's 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 the thing that sucks about the horrific golf coverage that we get on yeah. a weekly basis. We can do a whole pod about that. The uh, you know it's either ooh, excuse me something something really good. Or something really bad that's about to happen to your guy. When your guy flashes, he's like, oh, no. Like, please, God, yeah. don't let water be in the picture. <laughs> like, you know, your guy's about to get in, go in the water. So, no, And they do they do such a bad job so of bad. 
the playoffs, the cut line, they prop the FedEx Cup out to be this thing that everyone's supposed to care so much about. And then you actually have like interesting storylines about guys that are on the bubble. Like you'll hear it was like Seamus Power like needs to par the last 18 hole, eight to par the last hole to get into the next round of the FedEx Cup playoffs. And then they're like, they show the update standing and it's like, unfortunately, Seamus Power bogeyed the 18th hole and now fills in the playoffs. It's like, all right, well, cool. Like that would have been cool to watch Seamus Power play that hole. Yeah, exactly. But please give me more FaceTime with fucking Faldo and Nance. That's what I want to see. Or whatever fucking CEO sponsor is. I get you have to do it a certain amount. But Christ, man, get that shit out of the way early. Like, the thing that drives me nuts is, like, they have to know that the majority of people watch it, especially maybe not this particularly because it's the playoffs, but, like, we're talking about some of the false wing garbage events that we get excited about and cover and bet on. How many people other than degenerates are are actually watching this shit? Like you, you gotta cater to your main audience. And that has to be what it is. Like it, it's it's insane. They're so tone deaf. So tone deaf. Yeah, I think I always keep like trying to remember. It's like like my dad who he's like 65 and he just CBS guy, like just plopped down on the couch and like watch the golf coverage. Like he doesn't know about gambling. He doesn't care about anything else. And it's just like that. I guess is still the majority of the people that watch golf, even though yeah. it seems like our kind of corner of the world is kind of on the, uh, on the upswing with the whole betting and gambling piece. Yeah. It's still the majority of the guys are like, they want to see Phil walk up the fairway instead of, <laughs> you know, know, see like Will Zalatoris go for, <laughs> make a putt to get in the top 10. Like, yeah. I guess that's just still how it is. No, it's so insane. It's and baseball is the same way. It's like Jesus Christ, yeah. guys. Like, 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 come on. I like, I like all the old man sports other than football. I guess like fucking hockey, baseball, and golf. Like, like no, that's it, man. Like, well, other than, well, other than football. Yeah. Well, hope hopefully we get uh we get some some improvements down. Yeah, the man. I think I think our generation that's coming up. I think you're probably younger than I am, but the uh like 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 this whatever call it twenty year gap right of people who are coming up now legalized sports betting DFS all that type of shit. It can only grow the sport and the more younger informed voices that are entertaining that we have the better shot we have to grow the game and to get it you know to get the staunchy old fucking white guys at the PGA to fucking listen to us and, and, and cater to what will end up making them more money if they can see the forest through the trees. You know what I mean? Completely. And I promise we'll get it back on track after this, but what was so interesting to me about Liberty national and like the Northern trust when I was there was, and I got to talk to a bunch of these guys. Cause one of the guys are one or two of the guys were, are big listeners in the show, but they, the way DraftKings had such a crazy setup there. And they like flew all these guys out there for this contest. And like Reed Fowler was interviewing them and they had like, they had like a sick, the DraftKings had like a sicker set and a Teta, a sicker tent too, than like some of the other big sponsors. So I think that's probably with the amount of money that some of these sports books have, and you see Spieth does the uh, partnership with FanDuel now and Bryson is with DraftKings and stuff like that. I think it's kind of, we're going to be more, conscious of betting and DFS, which kind of, if you have a more betting and DFS conscious broadcast, that means showing more golf shots because we're the guys that are grinding out guys making the cut and grinding out guys that are like in T28 right now. And so if we can like get that to be a little bit more conscious in in the mainstream, I think that's going to lead to broadcasts that are more interesting, at least for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who, who does the PGA think else is buying the PGA Tour gold or whatever the fuck I, we pay for? Yeah. So, so, we, so I can watch fucking Thursday and Friday golf. Like, that's not your fucking, that's not your 65-year-old grandfather or father who's sitting on the fucking couch and watching golf. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm watching that shit at work. Like, I have one of my three monitors up playing golf on Thursday or Friday. You know what I mean? And like, it, 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 they'll, they'll get there. I hope they'll fucking get there. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, let's get let's get back to some of these dudes. Let's uh did we cover everyone you wanted to cover before we talk about like some long shots? Tell me uh tell me what your thoughts on Dekia. I like Dekia this week. I don't know what happened with his irons. He lost like he had a terrible iron week, which is really strange for Dekia. And again, it's like Liberty National gave us some weird stats. There were some, Rory had the same thing too. And and unfortunately, I only got to watch like a lot of Xander and JT in person. So it was hard for me to like get a sense on 
some of the other guys, but there were a lot of weird numbers at Liberty National. And I think that some of the stuff from that course, just from being there for two days, like any course where you have Cam Smith shooting a 60 and Jordan Spieth shooting a 72 in the same day, there's some weird stuff going on with that course. The players still don't like it. There's a lot of opportunities to go crazy low if you're running hot and then a lot of opportunities to shoot some giant numbers if you're running low. So I'm willing to not put a tremendous amount of stock into, and it's part of my Brooks argument too. Yeah. I'm not, I'm willing to not put a tremendous amount of stock into some of the numbers that uh, we saw from Liberty National. And I, I look at Decky, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I was talking to one of my buddies about it and he was like, yeah, Decky lost strokes on approach. He he has not lost never strokes back to back in like two and a half years. <laughs> yeah, he never does that back to back. Like, and so that's what I mean. Like, so it's like, man, that number 40, like, uh, like, I don't know. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I got to watch because I woke up and did three snap bets. And then I saw, oh, by the way, Keegan just dropped the 90 to one as we were talking. Okay. Um, um, so, you know, I, and I'll probably sprinkle, like, I won't do too many more long shots in here because in reality, maybe there's, I don't know, two guys who could possibly win. I think other guys, top 20s, top 10s, things like that. But, like, do I really think Munez is actually going to? win when he should have won a couple weeks ago no but that guy hangs around all the fuck all the time he fucked me out of a top 20 uh last week when he bogeyed 18 but uh i mean the guy's always around i mean those are my long shot guys like i would say munez vegas i always like to bet on long off the tee i was there when he uh when he made that like i don't know 90 fucking foot putt on 17 at tpc sawgrass uh, and i watched that in person and i was like you're my guy from now on forever um <laughs> like, i remember that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what do you you got anybody really I long got, shot that you think you could actually win? Yeah, I actually I got two guys that okay. so one of them I bet most these are now we're kind of talking more in the context of DraftKings and top okay. 20s and whatever okay. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But so Mark Leishman's 140 to one, right? Disrespectful. Yeah. And so look, Mark Leishman could finish dead last in this field. Absolutely. But, I cannot understand for the life of me why Mark Leishman and the next guy that I'm talking about for that matter as well is priced higher than Mav McNeely and Harold Varner. Cameron Tringali is 65 to one in this field. And Mark Leishman is 140 to one. Leishman's won six times. He's won on longer courses with good fields. He won this tournament at Conway Farms. That's a Fazio course. He's yeah. won at Bay Hill. That's a long course with narrow fairways. He's yeah. won at Torrey Pines. That's another long course with narrow fairways. And he's coming off a really good iron week. He gained 4.3 strokes on his approach. That's his best iron wow. week since the Sony Open. So, look, he's more risky on DraftKings. He's 6.7. Yeah. I, I bet you no one is still going to play him because he's not going to do anything for you in models. But no. I bet him at 140 to one and he'll be like a main, he'll be in my main GPP lineup. And if he finishes last, he finishes last. But I'd rather take my chance on him than some yeah. of these other jabronis. I don't, I don't think he deserves this much of a fall from grace. No, I agree. I 100%, 100% agree. And what's funny is we were talking about this last, last night when we recorded or whatever the fuck I recorded with Steve. This week's all fucked up. Um, and he said something about Leishman. And I was like, dude, I was like, it's disrespectful. Like, I can't remember what we were talking about. And uh, I was like, and he's like, he hasn't played that good this year. I was like, ah, and I pulled up his shit. And I was like, dude, look, I was like, this year it's he's not that fire. bad. Yeah, it's, it's not, not that, that bad. bad. It's not that bad. Like, and I was on him early. Like, I, I, I was like, all right, COVID's over. I heard this weird narrative where he couldn't be with his swing coach. And and all of a sudden, like it eased up and he got with the swing coach. I was like, I'm going to start getting down on Leishman now that he's back with the swing coach. And it worked out for me with like when, when he won uh, whatever the hell he won, the team event. And then um, I don't even fucking remember. But whatever. He, yeah, he won the team event. He finished top five at the Masters. Yeah. He finished third at the Travelers. So yep. listen, he, Mark Leishman should not be double the odds of Cameron fucking Tringali. <laughs> no, definitely not. Or almost, what, almost triple fucking. Oh Jesus Christ! He's like he's yeah, he's below, like, he's below Mav McNeely. He's Keith below Mitchell Farner. He's Keith below, Mitchell. He's below Keith Mitchell. I'll give you one more, dude. This is another guy that I don't I don't get it, man. And I don't know why this stuff triggers me so much. But why is Max Homa's one hundred and sixty to one and six point four on DraftKings? Max Homa's priced between Aaron Wise, Chris Kirk, Ryan Palmer, and Keith Mitchell. Homa is so much better than those guys. Oh, absolutely! He's so much fucking. It's so much it's better. Not, it's not even a conversation. His two wins were on Fasio redesigns, and he yep. took down a really good field in both of them. Yeah, hell yeah. So I. 
listen, again, like I get that he's not going to do much for you in the model because he's been a little bit too inconsistent recently, but these are two guys in home and Leishman that are coming off their best ball striking weeks and months and didn't putt well. Um, Homa hit the ball really well at Liberty. He just couldn't buy a putt. He's pretty long off the tee, good mid to long iron. Yep. I love, I love him this week. All right, I listen, I could, I could get behind you with Homa. I could definitely get behind you with Homa. I'm interested to hear what, what, what you guys talk about with Steve on Homa too, because I think I'll I hit him up so, on it. Yeah, I was, I, I was, I was so shocked on. I just, and I was talking to one of my other buddies, Rob, about this too. But it's just like some of these, some of these guys where. Uh, you know, it's the flavor of the week stuff with like, you get, you get Keith Mitchell. Pat Kazire. Yeah. And it's just like, and it's just like, uh, these guys are better than these players. So I don't know, man. I thought Homa and Leishman were the guys that stood out to me the most, um, kind of as the longer shot guys. We can do a Taylor oh. Gooch thing if you want to do a Taylor Gooch yeah, thing. Yeah, Gooch, but. whatever. That's fine. But I mean, I'm just looking at the projected ownership. Holy shit. Dude, he's sub 5% and you got uh, literally Pat Gazire at, Almost nine percent, old Schwartzel at almost thirteen. Swafford, like maybe that's just a build thing at ten percent. Maybe they're just stacking up top. But. Swafford is gonna he do, do, hit the ball great, and he'll do he'll pop in the yeah yeah in the model, yeah. and and it allows people to be flexible up top for DFS. But I mean, yeah, I mean it's fucking silly. Like it really is. I mean, I mean he's been he's been inconsistent, but he hasn't been like terrible. And I mean, like you said, he's he won one of the hotter fucking tournaments of the goddamn year. Yeah, 100%. Nagels is going to love us shitting on all these models. I'm a huge numbers guy, as anyone know knows are. that listen. I know you are. But I'm also a huge common sense guy. And yeah. it's like some of these things are like, this is common sense. Like, Max Homa's better than all of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever. Like, holy shit. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, I mean, six at Memorial was his best finish in the last, what, what seven? Two missed cuts, and he was starting to come back around 25, 40, 51, 47. But who gives a shit? Like, you're right. He's a better player, and he can turn it on. And you want guys with high variance when you're when you're making your bets because you're catching them sleeping, and that's how you make a ton of money at golf. Like, with these outrights, I mean, every, I feel like everybody's had a pretty decent year picking outrights. I don't know if the community is getting smarter as a whole or what. Yeah, but like, probably. But like, a lot like, of good I, free info out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, I, I, I love doing that. I love doing my first-round leaders. I've been getting better, but like what you and, and Steve do as far as like sucking it up and, and doing like my, my top tens and top twenties, expanding that. <laughs> you right? look like you're in so much pain. Saying it that. is man, because, because <laughs> it's like, because it's, it does, it's not as exciting, but, but at the same point, I'm like, I'm an in-round matchup. Like I love in-round matchups. Yeah, like, those are great. Like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I have like 10 to 15 matchups and I don't, I don't bet huge, but I don't bet small either. So it's a good, it's a, it's a good sweat. You know what I mean? Like, and that's where I like to find my edge. Uh, do you do a lot of in-round matchup shit? Kinda. Yeah. The problem is I've gotten a little bit less off of it because the way that I kind of have my schedule now is like, as soon as I get, I've like kind of staked my claim on what's really helped. Yeah. What's really helped me grow is that I get my shit out really fucking early and people really appreciate that. So what ends up happening is as soon as this tournament starts, I already have to start kind of doing my stuff for the next one. So I don't do as much kind of in tournament as I was like, but that was kind of what I started with at the beginning. And then like, I never even did outrights at all really until kind of, I don't this season was when I really right. started betting, betting outrights more. So it was because, yeah, I made, I got of caught into it through matchups, but you know, with Twitter, it's like, that's all that people care about. And yeah, that's all that people, about that. Yeah. it's all that people care about in the context of like content and stuff like that too. Yeah. And so it's like, that's what I'm going to talk about because that's what people care about. Yeah, absolutely. And I need to get better at that. Like, you, But there are a like, lot of ways to make money betting golf. Fuck yeah. And that's the thing. Like, listen, like, like outrights, like, like I said, I, like, it, I feel like it's been an anomaly. I feel like, like I've hit a bunch. Steve's hit a bunch. You guys have hit a bunch. Fucking Nagel's hit, Nagel's hit a bunch. Like, like all the guys, you know what I mean? Like everybody's hitting. Like, I feel like I can't go, I can't go a week without somebody who I follow or I know, or I listen to hitting a fucking outright. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but like the, the weekend grind is, you know, I, I equate it to just, that's what it is. It's a fucking grind. And I do, it. I, I go weird. Like I don't just trust like the fantasy national shit. Like I'm like, I'll literally pull up the round and be like, okay, how do you do it? And I'll go through <laughs> like, and I'll go through, like, I'll go shot by shot be like, Oh, all right. So he missed that. Let me see. Oh, well, he missed the six and a half footer. All right. Let me see what his next one was. And like, I, it's a lot of time 
<laughs> it's a lot of well, time. But. Well, you, you got to fact check because yeah. Fantasy National will tell you Cam Tringala is the second coming of Jack Nicholas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's you got to fact check true. some of these yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let me see how he actually got there today. Oh, he made fucking, he made nine birdies on fucking 300 feet of putts. Great. All right. Yeah. Uh, fade tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that type of shit. Like, I don't know. But I enjoy, I enjoy the grind of golf. I really do, man. Like, I just I, I love it. Man, it's it's fun to watch and shit, man. You, you start getting old like I did, and it's like, what the fuck, man? There's nothing else I can actually go out and compete at other than golf. So I can why and I love it and I love to gamble. Why am I not doing both? And that's uh that's it. It's it's the fucking best and and it's going to like I think I think it's going to continue to grow pretty exponentially. I think so too. In the next couple of years. Like I think I still think like if you're new getting into golf content. I still think you're on the earlier, even though it feels like there's so much stuff going on. I still feel like long term, with yeah. how much I think this sport is going to grow from a gambling and DFS perspective in the next five years with the legalization and all that oh, stuff, yeah. I still think you're like early yeah. um, in the grand scheme of things. So. I think so too. I mean, and I explained it to uh, a couple of a couple of guys who work for me in my office. They're always seeing me watching golf, and I'm like, "You guys bet on football, right?" They're like, yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, bro, do you know what a first round leader bet is? And I explained to them what it was and what the odds were. And they were like, holy shit. And I was like, yeah. I was yeah, like, I'm having fun. It. I was like, I'm having fun on Thursday in the office. I was like, you are, you are getting yelled at by me because your numbers aren't where they need to be. And you're not what, watching golf. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, let's go. Like, come on. Like, and, and those guys get into it, man. And, and like, when you talk to some of these guys who don't bet golf, as far as like a general, like, like point goes, mm-hmm. it's like, like, wait a second. You got to, you got to. You got an 80 to one. I'm like, yeah, I got an 80 to one. Like guys who bet baseball, hockey and all that shit. We don't, they don't get that. They don't get the rush of a, if an 80 to one hit a fucking 50 to one hit, like that's a fucking sweat. <laughs> and we're, and we're, we're also the only people in the world that will shit on like a five to one bet. Exactly, like, are you exactly. fucking, you think I'm going to fucking take John Rom at five to <laughs> five one? To one? Like, are you crazy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's it's fu- it's it's fucking crazy. Well, I'm excited, buddy, for uh, not only this tournament, but to hear uh, your you and Steve talk about this tournament a little bit more. Yeah. On, uh, on when will that come out? Tuesday. This whole week's all fucked up. What, what day? Today's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It'll, it'll it's come Tuesday. out. It'll come out. It'll come out Wednesday morning. Yeah, we this will you, come out Wednesday morning. Yeah, we got your boy Brian on. Yeah, man. I told he was like he's like I'm not gonna drink too much. I was like, dude, do you, man? Just if you drink, drink, dude. I was like, drink on my podcast, bro. I was like, I don't yeah. want, I don't want Brian Light. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, you, listen, man, you, you'll enjoy Brian. He's yeah. he's he's, he's, he's a, a hot a ticket, man. Yeah, he's a character. Yeah. Um. Okay. All right. Well, just to recap, I am in on. Brooks at 28, Bryson at 35, Casey at 40, and Leishman at 140. Those are the only bets that I've made. I'm kind of mulling over like Hovland or Neiman or maybe Burns, as you mentioned. I've got room for one more. I'm probably leaning towards the 40 on Hovland, Um, but that's probably what it's going to be for me top 40-wise. I haven't really looked at the numbers yet, but Homa and Leishman for sure. I'll have some exposure to Sungjae. And then maybe Gooch and Charlie Hoffman's another guy that I like that we didn't really talk about too much. But what about you? Yeah, so uh, I'm in on. I think I'm going to follow you on Brooks, man, because I actually we're at 25 to one. So I think as soon as uh, as soon as we hang up here, when I go uh, rip a cigarette before Brian, <laughs> Brian doesn't like him. We argued, we argued about it all day. So you're really? going to get you're going to get two complete sides of the coin back to back. Yeah, good, good, good. I like I like a good argument too. So that's I think good. my <laughs> argument's better for the record. I, I listen. I like it. I was on board with it immediately. I was like, okay, you want to make me an argument? Let's go. And I kind of say the same thing. Like if we were along the same wavelength. Like as far as he didn't give a shit on Sunday, I don't count it. Like you yeah. can just see it. So I think I'm going to follow you on that. Um, I got Usti at 33, Bryson early. I got Burns at 50. I got and Keegan at 100. I'm going to think about the 66 because that's something I don't have to put a whole bunch of money on. I could throw fucking 10, 20 bucks on Sanjay. And on Sanjay, I'll, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Great, yeah. He really is. But he just scares me so much. If I had a 40 to 1 on Hovland, I might, but I think I want to see how he gets off on Thursday um, before I do anything. Uh, top 20s, uh, I got three. I got Keegan at plus 150 with Burns, plus 150, and then Munez at plus 200. The bastard better make up before he lost me last week. <laughs> um, and then for top 10, the Mac is pretty soft, but I got Keegan at plus 400. Burns is, you can see who I like. And uh, Burns at plus 300. Well, that's the thing too with me. Like, if I like a guy, like, I'm going to bet him all different types of ways. And 
Sometimes it's a really good week, and sometimes it's a really fucking bad week, right? But Usti at, at plus 150, and then Xander at plus 120. I feel like on a course like this, just to break Jeff's balls, a no-cut event, uh, fucking plus, <laughs> plus, uh, plus 120. Like, whatever. That's, that's fine. I'll take that. I only got one matchup. Do you have any matchups yet? No, nah, I haven't looked at them yet, but I there are a couple. Yeah, I mean, give me yours. So I got one that I bet, and it's Xander over Morikawa at minus 120. Like give oh, me Xander over that. over yeah. injured Morikawa, and then yeah, I had another. I, that. I had a, this is the one I was thinking. It's funny. It's it's uh, the guy that you like. So I got Vic over Cam Smith at minus one ten. I haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. But just I just feel like there's going to be a hangover with Smith. Like yeah, like, that was a. I mean, we didn't talk about that playoff. Oh, Man, I, that was that was awesome. out of bounds. Too. I mean, that was it wasn't even close. Jump. Yeah, it wasn't even close. It was. Yeah. I was like. I was like. Everybody on the box was like. Oh yeah, that's OB. That's OB. Yeah. Like, like no, no one's going to check that one. See it back. Yeah. Up. I love that. I love that one because I think Vic's gonna oh. play really well. Okay. Cool. I'll bet that one too. Then. And then first round leaders. I got Spieth twenty five to one, Hovland thirty three to one, Keegan and Burns at fifty to one, and then Siwoo at eighty to one. I love it, buddy. Yeah, well, man. before we get out of here, because I know you got another podcast to do right now. Yep. Boston Capper, everyone, tell everyone where they can find you this week, buddy. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter. I'm trying to be more active. Feel free to yell at me to be more active. Uh, <laughs> the uh, It's Boston underscore Gapper on Twitter. Um, you go read my boys, my partners, uh, articles over on sportsgamingpodcast.com. They're free, uh, right? Yeah. Yep. Free, okay. free shit, man. And uh, he breaks down everything and then he'll throw out like a bunch of his bets in a second. He does, he does at least two articles a week. I'm going to start uh, think writing about DFS again try to get some clicks. I, they'll probably be after the fall though. There's no reason to try to compete against football for clicks for DFS shit. Like, yeah. they, you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be the same guys who listen to it. They're going to do it. But yeah, man, that's where you can find me. And uh, we got a Slack channel you can find on the bottom of Steve's thing. That's free too. We got a, we got a crazy little community in golf, man. We're almost as big as football and we're throwing all types of bets around. And like, it's, it's a fun little, uh, it's a fun little spot to be there. Okay. Well, tell me, let me know about a Slack channel after because Nagel's told me about that too. He said, this, your guys, is, you have the Slack channel and it's awesome and everything. Quick question before we get out of here. Yeah. Is he, what's his reasoning for no Twitter? I'll ask him this myself because I already mentioned I want to have yeah, him yeah. on too. But what's his yeah. reasoning for no Twitter? Because sometimes I go through the day and okay. I'm like, man, this is the only guy that's doing it right. Yeah. He's, so he is doing it right. Right. Because it is it like, but I told him like, like, so it used to be stressful for me too. Same reason I'm not on fucking Facebook anymore. Like I can't do yeah. Facebook. Like yeah. I can't, I just don't do it anymore. I can't do it. Uh, like, so I'll mute certain words. Like that's it. And I never have to hear about <laughs> the shit. I don't want to hear about again. So it's basically like golf, Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, and that's pretty much the only shit I get on my timeline. And that makes me perfectly fucking happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like this, like some of the stuff gets out of control. I don't know if you get into the top shot and the NFT stuff, but there was a point because the DFS community blends so much with that, that I would get so much of it. And I was like, listen, guys, I, I'm fucking 38 years old. I don't understand it. I'm not going to understand it. Like I'm just going to yeah. move on. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for having me on, bro. Appreciate dude, it. Any good time. Any fucking time. I'm sure we'll do it again. You got to give oh, yeah. me Steve's number two because I want to yeah. have him on too. I don't want him to feel left out. No, no. And thanks for joining me one more time, buddy. And have, yeah. fun, uh, have fun with Brian this afternoon as I well. I will, man. Good luck this week, brother. That's it for the show, guys. Thanks to Boston Capper one more time for joining me. Thanks to Rotoballer. Thanks to Thrive Fantasy. And I will be back next Sunday breaking down Eastlake. Catch you next time. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.